to the Kimberly Levy podcast, where we believe entrepreneurs are the new influencers. If you are trying to build your brand, your business, and your influence, you are in the right place. This is your one-stop shop to learn everything you need to learn about how to expand your reach, your income, and your impact. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back. This is the Kimberly Levy podcast. Today, I am interviewing Theo Cummings. And you guys, he is one of the most woke people I've ever met. Theo is both a business and life coach, and he basically walks you through how to clear your old mental limiting beliefs and step into a new life of fulfillment and abundance and really rewrite your story in a way that allows you to just become your highest and best. And you guys, I kid you not, when I was re-listening to this episode, I actually took out my pen and paper and started taking notes. So I have a page full of incredible wisdom that Theo drops. So I'm so excited to share him with you and enjoy the episode. You know, you are so damn woke and I just love you. I just want to tell you that there's something at a soulful level, Theo, that I'm very drawn to you. And thank you for being here, by the way. Oh, thank Uh. you so much. I receive, I receive that. That means so much coming from you. So thank you. Thank you so much. So would you mind giving us a little bit of background on kind of how you grew up and where you ended up today and kind of some of those key steps or paths or challenges, anything kind of that has led you to where you are today? Because today I see a very bright, woke individual seeking alignment, you're of service, you're successful, you're free spirited. Um, you know, there's so many wonderful qualities I see in you, but I'm sure that that didn't come easy. So I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of your story and what led you to the point that you're at today. For sure. For sure. Well, for many of the years that I believe that a lot of this came from was my struggles and the in creating success. I mean, I worked so hard to become successful in music and that that was something that was so meaningful to me because ultimately, just like most boys is they want to make their dad proud. They want to make their whole family proud. And being one of four kids, music was the way that I connected with my parents to stand out to get that attention that I wanted. And so it it drove me in addition to that on top of that was this societal conditioning that told me that I had to get all this money and that became the means to the ends. And then I had to do my best to date all of these beautiful women. And it's like, this was the programming and this was the belief system. This was my intention, right? And intention in life is so important and we get so caught up in the goals and we make the goals, the intention And so I found myself always in this hamster wheel of achievement, of what's next, what's next, what's next. But there still felt like there was something missing. And as I continued through my journey, I started to get into drugs and I started to be, it was a nightlife and the music industry is wild. It is wild. I always like to say, it's the best time you never want to have again. So it's not that I regret it, but the lesson was screaming in my ear god was screaming in my ear like wake up wake up theo and i didn't want to listen because it's so easy to get lost in the sauce of partying and meeting new people and traveling 
So I burnt out. I got very ill and I couldn't get out of bed for, for almost a year, actually. And I had to go back to my parents' house because I had blown all my money on just partying and paying for these experiences with people who I called, I thought were my friends, but really didn't have that deep connection with them beyond the world of partying, beyond the world of entertainment and music, of just networking and not real true brotherhood and sisterhood. And so that was obviously the, the, the basement of the rock bottom. I thought there was just rock bottom, but then there's a basement. I'm like, whoa, look at this. <laughs> so when, the ones I realized, I was like, oh, this is the basement. Okay, we're here now. And then I picked up this book and I, I, I picked up this book it randomly, I found it online. It was the power of now. And this was back in 2016, I believe. So this is like a very difficult time of my life where I ascended into understanding the energy world, the multidimensional spiritual world, where it totally educated me about all of my patterns of being this victim. And, or be, putting myself in a situation where I needed to be saved by mom and dad. And this was a big wake-up call, but it was enlightening because it gave me hope that I wasn't alone. And that was some, a pattern that I always saw in my own psyche growing up was I'm always alone. I'm always alone. I'm in this world. And then I reached out for support with my mental health, with subconscious mind. And that's when I met Marissa Peer and she changed my life forever. She changed my life because she believed in me. She believed that I could create a life that was on my own terms, that was not driven by money, but that was driven by helping others. And so it was a really powerful moment because I healed super fast, faster than any of those drugs or the diagnoses that the Western doctors tried to give me. And I also got, I also really got fascinated with holistic healing and biohacking and all of that fun stuff too. But the, the mental health work, the NLP, I got so inspired that I became a certified therapist and hypnotherapist and NLP and started to go into that path. But before I went into that path, I had to transgress back to the root cause. And the root cause was all of the beliefs and that I created from these uh, emotional experiences. And from those emotional experiences, those beliefs became these stories, these narratives of, of who I was and identifying with those experiences, creating patterns, habits, even emotional addictions to these experiences that I had never gone back and looked at. <laughs> I actually didn't, re I didn't realize how impactful they are and every single thing that we do from how do we, how do we think how do we move how do we perceive life and so it brought me back to when i was a, a kid growing up white community no um, never knew my birth parents and <clears throat> didn't realize how much that affected me and i thought it was just adolescence oh adolescence is tough and you just don't fit in always the outsider and so i didn't realize how deeply ingrained it was in me because I grew up in a community that was just always me not seeing that I belonged. And as humans, we all just want to belong. We all just want to feel a sense of, of love and that we're, we're here together. 
And so once I, once I came to that realization, I, I started to un- understand. I started to understand that forgiveness, compassion, and seeing a higher purpose for my life of alchemy, where this all had to happen for me. This had to happen for me. And it totally shifted my perspective on life. It totally shifted how I stopped looking at myself as this life is just so overwhelming and it's just so hard. And it's, it's me, the lone wolf against everybody. And it's a competition and it's all about fear and, and dominating. And so I had lost touch with that little, that little kid, right? That little kid, that little Teddy, that, wanted to just play music and have fun and make jokes. I was like the class clown growing up, even, you know, despite everything, all the trauma that I had gone through of abandonment. And, you know, it is beautiful because I started to understand that this is, this is all just, we, we all get dealt a certain hand. And until we really deeply understand that most of this crap in the, in the subconscious is not our fault. It's really not. And at a spiritual level, if, if you have any spiritual listeners, they'll understand that we chose this. <laughs> we chose this to become this diamond that was pressured. And the diamond started to shine once we could accept what, what happened. Once we could accept that even though we can't change the past, we can rewrite the perception of the past. And that's the only thing that we need to change that we not need to change, but we have the blessing to change. We get to change it. It was always a choice. Everyone always has a choice moment to moment. And that was one of the biggest lessons that I learned is like, I have a choice. And that's something that my parent, even my adoptive parents never thought that they had. And we could go, I could go on and on about the whole patterns of uh, attachment style and narcissism and codependency. And this was, you know, obviously huge. And I know this is really super prevalent in most families. And if you had a functional family, uh, I always love saying, like, if you had a functional family, you probably are very abnormal. You probably don't are very weird to not have uh, an, an abnormal, a, a dysfunctional family. Right. And so, and so, <laughs> and so, and so, yes. And so like really, having that pain I was holding on to for such a long time, it finally felt that this weight was lifted off my shoulder. I could breathe again. And I, I, once I couldn't connect with other people, I realized, oh, I was depressed and anxious because I couldn't connect to other people because I felt isolated. I felt like in this box. And so I started to feel that connection to people because I saw that, oh, wait, my nervous system is like, oh, Theo, you're not dead. Like you just opened up about this really painful, vulnerable thing about you and you're still here. You're still breathing, right? And so it was a new veil that was just totally, it was an illusion. I was just, it was almost like I was in this lifetime of a night, a nightmare that I was like, whoa, that was a bad dream. And I'm so grateful, so happy that I'm not even, I'm not in that illusion. And, you know, through, and then once I understood that, I was like, oh, okay, get it more abundance started to show up in my life, more opportunities, more freedom, more internal freedom. And I started to become that coach that most people know me by, which is the, the life coach, the transformational hypnotherapist. And 
I really just became obsessed about this whole mindset thing that people talk about these days. And I started to coach executives as well. And throughout this whole experience, I found a lot of imposter syndrome. I really did feel like a fraud. I really did. I really, I had a lot of flack from my family. Like, what are you doing, Theo? You, who are you to be out? You get paid to coach people? Is that even real? <laughs> and then I start questioning myself. I'm like, is this, am I doing the right thing? Or am I just absolutely out of my mind? And I said, no, this, this feels so right. This feels so right in my heart, but my mind thinks it's wrong. And so once I un once I felt that within me, I started to trust this strategy of the heart and I started to practice that. And I, I keep learning every year that goes by, especially after so many coaches, like they asked me, how did you build this multiple six figure business? And I was like, you know, I saw myself going back into like, okay, how can I get the most money? How can I? And then and I said, wait, hold on a second, Theo. You know, Theo, that it's so easy to teach people how to make money. You know, you don't want to just be this like wealth coach or this, you know, money coach. But then so many stories came to my mind like, oh, is that, an, is that like a glass ceiling? Is that just because you're too afraid to take this quantum leap, Theo? Or, or, or are you trying to become unconscious again and just be all about business? And I said, you know what? No, I feel that we can have both. We can have wealth. We can have spiritual alignment. We can have service to love. We can have compassion, can have vulnerability and still show up for, as leaders because money is just a magnifier of who you are at the end of the day. And so I started to really create this brand where the healing was the secret. And I, do, I did my best to communicate that through my marketing. And I know if you do, if you do want to be successful in any entrepreneurial endeavor, you do need to, you, you do get to learn some marketing and sales. That's something you get to learn. Yay. Right. But then when people get inside, it's like, yeah, you learn this skill set, you learn these templates. So this is the same thing. You go into martial arts. You need to learn. You get to learn the moves. Mm -hmm. You get to learn the moves. But once you've like gained some some sort of mastery over the, the foundational moves, that's when you can incorporate the creativity. You can incorporate the flow state. You can incorporate the 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 even the play. Right. As I like to say, the, you can, now we can start to play to profit. We don't have to feel like business has to be harder. We have to dominate people. This is all a collaboration in conscious leadership. And so we're all here to help each other out. And healing has done more for my business, more for my relationships, more for my physical health than any kind of like egoic strategy or tactic or sales frame script and, or marketing strategy. It has, it has really shown me that <clears throat> that energy is so much more powerful because energy drives everything that's physical. And through changing these speech patterns, uh, I can actually, in fact, my favorite thing to do is to feel what someone's feeling based on their speech patterns, just by listening to what they're saying, the languaging that they're choosing, but they are not even, maybe not even conscious that they're saying, oh, I could do this. Yeah, I could do this. But, and I'm like, wait, hold on, let's pause. Can we pause for a second? Can we just examine this pattern where it's like you've just negated all of these dreams you have with the butt mm. and you don't even realize you're doing it. So when we're living in this world of yeah, buts, we are coming from this frame that 
if I were to have my dreams, if I were to manifest all of the things all at once, that would be dangerous. And that the universe is an evil enough place that it wouldn't want you to have all the love, all the success, all the freedom, all the health, right? All the passion. But that's just not true. It's just a matrix that we live in that says that you'll be happy when you get the stuff. But that's the thing is like my whole intention with everything in business is you can manifest it easily if you really commit to the vision, but you also get to enjoy the journey. You get to enjoy the breath that you take every moment and you don't have to keep taking all these small things for granted. And you get to open your heart and expand your awareness to see that we live in this world where there's so many people closed off. They're like, you're passing them by a street and they're just like in their own little world and they're looking down and they're just like, yeah. Right. And then, and, and, and so once we open ourselves up to be giving people the benefit of the doubt, that was a huge lesson that I've just recently learned actually is how can I, how do I trust others more? How do I trust others more? And this is so important in business because business is obviously, you know, Kimberly, it's about relationships, Right. And so (laughs) it's so fascinating to see that a lot of our business success does tie back to those familial dynamics that we played as kids. But anyways, the, the idea of how do I trust myself on a deeper level? How do I trust my leadership that I can do something wrong and forgive myself? I can make that mistake and I can learn from it. And then I can become even a, a better leader by trusting myself again and again, and mm-hmm. again, and it, it becomes a mantra, actually, it becomes a mantra. And those mantras help me to stay in the intention and be open to infinite unknown possibilities, where those abundance opportunities can come from nowhere. But I, at the end of the day, I know that it's, it's always going to be for the, the purpose of sharing, it's going to be for the purpose of giving, it's going to be the purpose of connecting with other people without an agenda, but just to give and trusting that if I'm continuing to act and commit and to actually walk my talk, that the abundance will always come back. And so that's, that's where we stand today. It's like really just helping people to just divorce this, this story. And they're all just stories. Ultimately, they're all just these stories that you have the power to change and everyone listening to this podcast, they, 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 I don't even have to know you and see that you are a freaking world changer, that you just forgot. You just forgot that you are infinite. <laughs> you forgot that one of my mentors, uh, Kyle Cease, he says uh, everyone, he thinks everyone, and I believe this too, is like everyone is like Michael Jordan or Michael Jackson with amnesia. And I think that's the funniest analogy because it's like if Michael Jordan was working at Applebee's and he was, you're like, Michael, what are you doing? You're supposed to be playing basketball, making amazing success. And he's like, well, wait, hold on a second. I'm going to get a raise in a few months and a year and I'm safe here. Why would I do that? That's silly. I'm like, but no, what's silly is you staying here at Applebee's. You, you're Michael Jordan. And so every, I believe everybody has that with inside of them. Yes. Theo, there are so many things you just touched on that my, my brain has actually exploded um, because you talked about, 
you know, attaching meaning and how we have the choice of what meaning we attach to events. And that awareness, I think, is a game changer in itself. And the fact that you talk about it being retroactive is interesting to me. You also mentioned, you know, this idea of what I see almost is that people are almost addicted to this false narrative or this framework that everything in life needs to be hard, right? It's almost like we're addicted to the struggle and it doesn't need, you and I both know this, that it doesn't, it not only does it not need to be hard, but it shouldn't be hard if we're in alignment and if we're connected and of service and all of these things. Um, the other thing you touched on was, trusting others. So I have a question for you. When your students or clients come to you and they're broken in one way or another, whether someone broke their trust and hurt them in business or personally, whether they come in from a scarcity mindset, what are some of the ways that you coach them through and kind of undo some of this programming and, and break the mold to get them to be kind of in their highest and best state? What are some tools or what are some of the um, exercises that you take your students through to, to help unlock their brilliance? <laughs> Great question. So I always treat all of my clients generally speaking there's there's certain modes it's kind of like a car right you have first gear you have second gear you have third gear and you ramp it up and so when we're going hard the when, when we go when we're going hard it's like rapid fire it's like okay let's really start to commit let's really start to go for it and this is what i call like this is called alpha coaching where it's like nope that's a story nope you're being a victim nope like, you, you know, you're, you're feeling, sorry, you know, this is a story. No, uh, no more. Yeah. Buts. Right. Remember that. And that, that's kind of what I reserve for my more advanced clients because they can take that and not get triggered and not shut down essentially. But for my newer clients, what, and, and I'll do this also for my higher level clients. It really just depends. It's not about higher level or lower level. Like I don't like to see people on a hierarchy, but essentially it's, it has more to do with your emotional intelligence. So if I know that you're the type of person who can say, Hey, okay, let's, let's stop that for a sec. It's like, you get it because you can, I see that you can handle that. Right. But for a lot, so for some people, it, 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 you have to slow the process down, especially if they have a past of like overanalyzing or anxieties that had been haunting their life. And so I know that, that a slower process is going to help them to learn. It's like I was when I was younger, I was a slow learner, you know, and so it took me more time to like take in knowledge and I would get in my own head if there was too much stuff coming at me at once or if the teacher was too polarizing. I just wouldn't take it in. I shut down. Right. So what I'll do is I'll say, Hey, can we pause? Can we take a deep breath? Can I, can I support you? Do I have permission to help you with this or to support you with this? Right. And then now they're pre-framed. I've pre-framed this lesson in this question of, can I support you with this? And so once I've gotten that permission, it's very similar to how you would run sales as well. And so when, when now they're open-minded, right? When you ask someone, can I ask you a question? Now they're ready, <laughs> right? Now they're ready to receive what you're trying to help them to guide them through. And so then I'll say, okay, 
this is what I see in you. This is what I, this is what I see in you. You said this and then you said, but I'll point it out. So you said, but so do you see how this, this is negating everything or I'll just teach them. Okay. This is the pattern. And do you, does this actually help you? If they continue to argue for their limitations, like a victim, I'll say, does that help you? And then I'll, then they'll actually see the blind spot themselves. They'll look back on their own story and they'll say, oh, wait, hold on a second. This does not help me. The way that I'm thinking does not help me. And then I'm saying, do you see how like the way that you're talking to me, it reflects your own self-talk? And then they really get it. And they're like, oh, I see why I've been stuck in a rut. It's because that's the way that I believe I, that I'm talking to myself. And then I have to go deeper. I have to, I, we have to get to the definition of a belief because beliefs run your life, right? The, sim- the, the symptom is just a fear, right? It's, a, it's the emotion that's, that's being caused by the belief about you. And if you don't think it's about you, it's you're just projecting it out and you're shutting off the abundance energy that actually can be flowing to you right now, <laughs> right? And so the, the belief is that pattern of words they're using, the languaging that they're using, they're, they're, they're lazy with their language. Pe- many people are lazy with their language and it's not something that we think about a lot because it's it's helped to, this, the, this way of speaking this way of thinking has helped us to survive. So our egos are like, well, why would you fix that? It's not broken. You're not dead. Mm-hmm. So just keep doing what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Keep doing that, right? And the, the teaching, I say, does that click with you? What did you take out of what I just told you? Mm-hmm. Because I want to make sure that they understand. It's not enough for me to understand them first and then teach. After I teach, I have to say, does that click? What, what did you gain from that? How are you going to integrate that into your life? When will you integrate it into your life? Why will you integrate it to your life? And what will happen if you don't do this today, right? So if getting them to commit to all of these things, it's not enough to just say, do this and expect them to just do it. Mm-hmm. Assume that they'll just do it. It's kind of like you're helping them to persuade themselves and you can teach this skill set to your, to, if there's any coaches watching, they can teach this uh, in this way and get better results for their clients and get more referrals, get more testimonials, get more business, right. From their current, current clients, because it's all about getting your clients to commit to doing different things that they're used to doing. And when you ask them those questions, why will you do it? How will you do it? Or what would, did you gain from this? And when will you implement it? And what will happen if you don't do it? Then now they have all of these stacked whys. They have all of these stacked reasons why now is the time. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen today. And it, does, it doesn't have to be a burden. It, you don't need to do it. You could do nothing for the rest of your life and live at home if you wanted to. But yeah. we want something big, right? Everybody's calling in some manifestation that they want if they're an entrepreneur. Everybody has that vision, Right. But the question is, what will you do about it? And so it's all about convincing your subconscious or your, your conscious mind with all of these reasons why. And then you, you, start, you stop looking at the past. You start to be future focused and then you just go from there. I love that. I love it. It's like, it's almost like you go through this process of deciphering how receptive they are, engaging that level of being receptive 
right? And then you, based on that, you meet them where they are, you help them gain tools to gain awareness through use of speech and some Q&A, it sounds like. And then finally, you, once they become aware of kind of exactly where they're at and kind of how they might need to tweak their approach, you start leaning into the accountability and you, you kind of pour into them to motivate them to take different action, which is at the end of the day, what's going to change their lives and their results. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So what I've observed lately, especially in this post COVID, hopefully world, a lot of people are in transitions. Okay. They said goodbye to their old identity, their old job, their old living situation, relationships, etc. Right. And now they're in a point of transition and it feels uncomfortable. So I might even say it feels scary because it's unknown and it's new and different. So say that you do have somebody that is receptive to change and they they're ready for to create a new, I'll say chapter. Okay. A new story (laughs) season. What is maybe an exercise that they could do to gain clarity as to where they want to focus in on their energy and create that vision so that they can start getting to work. Mm, I love this question. Yeah. Snaps. <laughs> okay. So this is a fun process. So this is called the fairy tale process, the story process and or it's the nightmare to fairy tale process so we actually subconsciously make decisions based on all of these things that we haven't healed from the past so if someone's in a big transition i always recommend them to and this is also a coaching strategy that i use as well to help my our clients is it's like i, I want you to think about the last time that you felt hurt right i want you to last think about the last time that you didn't feel understood or you felt undervalued right and just go back to that right just just be there pretend like you're doing it and we're not asking you to re-traumatize yourself you're just looking at it like it's a movie screen like you're just watching a freaking a movie <clears throat> and then you feel what they felt right you you, you have that compassion for, for them. And I'll even do this for them. Like I'll even tell them a story. I'll say, I, I was once in this place where I lacked self-confidence, self-esteem. I was always questioning myself. I had this perfectionist mentality. I always need to look good. I need to prove how awesome I was when that was just like a facade. It was a mask that I was wearing. And I felt like, man, this, this is really hard to, to make this transition. And so once you get to kind of honor the things that we don't, we're afraid to reveal because nobody wants to look weak, right? Let's be real. Nobody wants to look weak. And we believe that if we just keep it inside or we don't ask for help, that that's weak. But actually that's stronger. Reaching, asking for help is strength, right? And so once, I, once we paint that picture, we get, okay, now we have like a point of reference to see, Okay, this is just one example of how these patterns are showing up, have been showing up in my life to the point where now I'm ready for a change, right? I'm ready for a new life. Um, And that's more aligned with me. And so then I'm like, okay, this sucks. This, this sucks. This was in the past. It's, it's, it's because then once you get them to see something that's more in the past, then at least they're not able to be so overwhelmed by like what's happening now. So 
so then like okay this is what happened okay and this is my these are all my fears of like what if what if what if and just go through that process of like what if this worst case scenario happens okay and then what and then what and then what and then they'll realize well if the worst case happened you'd still be okay you'd still find something to do right and you wouldn't die and then once you have this objection to oh either investing into yourself into doing something different and to spending more time doing things you actually want to be doing uh, or quitting that job, right? Then you'll say, okay, those are your fears. Okay. Now I am aware of those fears. Okay. And then what is, what is the thing that ultimately has gets to happen for you? And that is always going to be choice. It's always going to be commitment. It's always going to be commitment. And this is also how you tell stories, right? This is how you, and this is how you become better at sales and become better at marketing is you tell a story. The stories have changed civilizations for generations. This is how we learned information is storytelling, right? And there's just something inside of our minds that just gets clicks and we get it. And so it, the reason why that is because it pulls out these emotions. And then once we say, okay, this needs to be committed to, I need to write it down. I get to manifest it. And this is the secret. It's like, you get to speak it. And I spoke, I've been speaking this into existence. I spoke my company into existence. And I said, this is going to be, I'm going to be generate my first 20 K month in this thing. Right. Like when I was at, um, a life coach and I was like, I'm going to manifest this result. And I didn't know how it was going to happen, but that was the whole secret is we need to get, we need to let go of needing to know how and get this perfectionist to get ready to get ready mentality. You'll never be ready. And you'll, there's so many things up that happened in 2020 that we plan to do that we never did. <laughs> and there's so much bigger things, amazing things that happened in our lives that we had no clue were going to happen in 2020, right? So that just shows you that people are just learning the power of surrender. They're learning the power of trust yourself. Trust that you're supported, right? By the universe for all my woke people out there, <laughs> right? And so you commit to that vision and you, you just literally mantra into yourself, it's manifested now. It's easy. And I'm committed to showing up every breath that I take into time blocking and showing that freak up. Right. And then boom, that's the holy moment. That's the defining moment that Oprah Winfrey calls it. Right. The thing that you're afraid, but you know that the fear has been controlling your whole life. And then now you're saying I'm taking control. Yes. Oh, have this fear. Awesome. Oh, this is, this went wrong. Perfect. Oh, this problem. I feel so bad for this problem for having to deal with me because I'm so much bigger. <laughs> than the right. And so we have all these little tools uh, and then we, and then, then we have to learn these. We, we have to honor that these skill sets get to be learned. These, these traumas get to be reframed and forgiven. And then boom, we're off to the races. And then all of a sudden we start to become the source of that because we're in a space, uh, emotional space of receiving. It's like we are acting as if we are that person who's feeling, thinking, behaving, eating, laughing, crying as that future version of themselves, tricking our nervous system 
into believing that we've already got that. And you can even do this with a friend. You can start talking about your future version, calling each other a year from now. So much gratitude, so much excitement, so much freedom and just happiness that like you did all the things that you said you were going to do and you got so much more than that, but you're pretending. You're just playing a game. But your nervous system doesn't know the difference between what's happening now and what's happening in the future. So that languaging will start to make you feel as if you've already got it. And then that's when the resistance stops coming in. Mm -hmm. Because we live in a society that says, well, you're only valuable if you have this thing. Or you're only valuable if you achieve that. And then we feel this, like, who am I to be this or to have this or to do this? And that's, that's, what's, that's what we attract is what we, who we are, who we be, who, what we feel in the moment to moment days of our lives. So that's where that whole manifestation part comes in. It's to trick yourself, trick your body into believing that you're already there. I love that. Okay, Theo, last question for us. Although I can talk to you for about three hours at least easily <laughs> with complete joy and we always, we always have fun talking on clubhouse we do we have so much fun so one thing speaking of clubhouse that i've heard you say and i was very interested in hearing more about this i think i heard you say something about this concept of money and when you when you're in this mindset of feeling scarce mm-hmm. you actually will go out and spend money it's like something with flow or I don't know what exactly that's all about, but can you speak to the people out there that have a scarcity mindset specifically around money? They feel like they don't have enough, uh, anything that you can impart on us uh, around kind of mindset or actions to take that you take to get unstuck from that feeling. I, know mm, I love it. I love <laughs> That's such a great question. And thank you for asking for that, asking that question. So it has to do with what's the truth? What's the truth? Is the truth outside of you? Like, is your external reality the truth? Because if you think that that's the case, well, then you're always in lack. You're always in scarcity. You're always in fear. And you're waiting. That's the whole, that's the main core is you are waiting to feel something. Whenever we want something, whenever we're going after something, we're not giving ourselves the permission to feel good unconditionally. And that's the trick. That's the whole trick. So what people can do is they can use, they can actually be super, super aware of when they catch themselves comparing themselves to other people. And they have to mantra that mantra of I'm stabbing myself by comparing myself. Okay, because we want to get rid of this pattern, don't we? If we really want to live our dreams or the life of our dreams, we do really want to create these little tools that we can use to, to like slap our own ego's hands. Be like, hey, thank you, ego. I love you so much. It's not, it's not like a valiant tap. It's like a, it's a nice tap. It's like, I love you. Get in the back seat, though. Like stop, five-year-old can stop driving the car of our life. Like, get in the back. Right. You don't have to go create these. We have to understand that all of these like patterns that the ego creates is ultimately a way to keep us safe by keeping us with what's familiar. Mm-hmm. So if we have a subconscious standard 
or subconscious bar of money of, oh, I, I, I have this bar of like 50,000 in my bank. Well, if I go above that, well, then I'm going to spend until I get back down to that bar because that's what's familiar to me. That's what's safe to me, right? And that's why we spend the money because again, we're putting the truth outside of ourselves. We're saying, oh, well, uh, you know, if I pay for this and that and this, then, then I'll, not only will I be safe, but I'll also be proving that I'm, that I'm valuable. And so that's what I mean when I say like, oh, people will overspend to feel safe because they're looking to get something outside of them to feel like they're good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's so funny because you hear all these stories about these famous and wealthy people getting everything that everyone's says they'll be happy when they get or they'll feel great when they get and they feel it for maybe a five minutes and they're like what wait hold on wait is there some kind of like trick here i thought i was supposed to be fulfilled so it's about it's about fulfillment really really it's like yeah sure you deserve to be successful and abundant and wealthy but are you really happy with the actions that you're taking every day because if you're not even happy with like what you're doing then what, what are you going to do? Just like buy stuff to look good, buy stuff to feel good, like to feed your ego. It's like, well, the, the truth has to come from within. Once the truth is here, you're truly in intention, right? You, you, you're like playing the game from a space of I'm worthy of losing it all and I can get it back because I am the abundance. Mm. The money in my bank account is not the abundance. I am the abundance. That's so important. And it all has to do with this conditioning of ownership. We say, oh, I own this, I own that. And now it's a part of my identity. If I lose this thing that I own, well, now part of my identity is broken. It's like I step on your lawn, Kimberly. If, if you were one of these, one of the people who believes they like own the thing, it's like I'm stepping on your face. It's like that a lot of people feel that way about their possessions. Mm-hmm. And that's why they live in this egoic world of, of me versus the other. And this illusion of this illusion of some separation. And it makes our lives so complicated. So complicated. So complicated. There's so many people's perceptions to manage social anxiety, right? There's so many things that we want to get. So we can feel like mom and dad can say, good job, son or daughter, right? But once we just get back into the simplicity of the heart, we're like, oh my goodness, I could be gone tomorrow. If I gave you a check for $500,000, but I said that you get, you have to die tomorrow, would you take the check? Of course not. So living with this belief that time is infinite and we have scarce resources is, 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 is actually wrong. <laughs> What's we, we get to live in this moment of appreciation and abundance of the abundance that everyone has right now. They're just not actually just seeing that just because you don't pay for something doesn't mean it's, it's actually valuable. And so then that's when you start to see that, especially in entrepreneurship, time is so much more important. And that's why decisiveness is so, so important. It's like, just decide, just decide just make just do something anything anything because then you'll start to see oh you know i can just be present with kimberly 
and I can ask her about her day and I can say, Hey, how do you feel Kimberly? Like, no, not like you're like, I feel good. Like, no, how do you really feel? Like what's going on with you? You know? Cause we all say, oh, I'm just, I'm fine. It's like <laughs> really fine. And if you want to be, if you want to live a more abundant life of love and connection and, and uh, abundance, then really like be curious about people again. Mm. Ask them what is really going on. Open up that line of communication and don't just take that something at face value because oftentimes it won't be the true emotion. It won't be what's really going on. It'll be this autopilot response. Right. So we're too busy for that connection. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, honey. It did. I just want to say thank you and I love you. And I appreciate you. And I want more of you <laughs> in my life. I just, I really do adore you. And um, by the way, I don't believe you're a slow learner. I think that you learn and digest. You probably think deeply about things. You probably have to go through a process of digesting and visualizing and consuming. I don't believe slow mm-hmm. learner is at all the case. I think you're I was. Yeah. brilliant. I think you are beyond brilliant. And I just appreciate you spending time with me today. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's always a process and this work never ends. You know, there's always patterns that I catch myself of when I'm just speaking in a way that's not helping me and it's not serving me. And there's always like, there's always ways that we can improve, but ultimately right now is like the only moment that really matters. Like even just eating breakfast and just enjoying the breeze outside on a walk it's like that's epic you know i'm just essentially like the the only if i could just tell people one thing on this podcast is how can we lower the bar to the levels of joy and appreciation and love that we feel like like how can we do that right how can you do that and one of the big ways meditation one big way is to really just sit with the uncomfortableness of sitting still and actually just watch all the things, all of the struggles in your life start to fade away. So that's the only, that's the last thing that I wanted to leave. Thank you for leaving us with that, Theo. I appreciate you. That was beautiful. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week.